0: Chapter 6 Wicken came to on his cot, unable to move. Beside him sat Tanny, holding a wet rag. When he saw Wicken's eyes open, he puffed out in relief. What's this? Wincing, Wicken tried to sit up and fell back. His upper half was tightly bound in strips of pungent-smelling cloth. Tannik dunked his rag into a bowl and wiped Wicken's face. Boomack pulled a fowl and split two ribs. There's been an awful row, seeing as who his father is, when that sent him from the mat. Councillor Etziah came in and made a big fuss, but Ignac wouldn't budge. It was the rule, he said. Rivalry was one thing, but cheating and holding malice got you thrown out for good. Bomax claiming it was an accident. Arkut's backing him up, but we all saw it wasn't. Etziah's gone to see the king. I asked if I could stay with you, and they let me. All this without a breath between. Tannik brought a cup of water to Wiccan's lips. Have a sip. You're going to be here for a while. There was a flurry at the dormitory entrance, and Istrid came hurrying across to Wiccan's cot, her hair all loose and flying in her wake like filaments of spun glass. Is Morrock sorry about your ribs and wants to visit you, but father has forbidden him to speak to you again? She dropped a package onto the cover. I'm not supposed to come near you either, so I'd better go. i try to bring something tomorrow. You look terrible, she said with a toss of her hair, then fled. Tannik tore open the package and found half a dozen honey breads smeared with sugar paste. They ate one each and stowed the rest in Wickham's storage locker under his cot. For eight days, Wiccan lay, while the cracks in his ribs began to mend. Each morning, a healer came to test the bindings and poke and prod, making Wiccan sweat and bite his lip. Each afternoon, Istrit dropped small treats and rushed out again. On the seventh day, as the boys trooped back into the dormitory, Tannik rushed over to Wiccan's cot. You missed the best glass ever! Father brought the seedlings, four trays of real pine tree sprouts, and let us handle them. Wiccan slumped against his pillows. So he'd missed the treat after all. Thanks for telling me. They were offs. Headed for the compost pile, so I, um, I brought you one. Tannik held out his hand. In it lay a tiny sprig of pine, its delicate roots still trailing soil. A perfect miniature it was, but so sickly that its green was all but gone leaving it a ghostly grey. Wiccan stared down at it, feeling the prick of dry needles against his palm. Putting it to his nose, he detected a remnant of fragrance, spicy and cool and green. He closed his eyes, drawing in the scent. Thanks, he said, but Tannick had already gone. That night, after lights out, Wickham reached under his pillow for the seedling and cupped his hands about it. He stared down through the dark, trying to picture that seedling alive and growing full. "'force into a graceful tree higher than a man. "'So hard he worked, picturing that poor little dead sprig. "'He could almost see it out on the open mountainside "'like the ones in Dirick's pictures, "'blowing in the wind and sweeping its branches up to the sun. "'He squeezed his hand about the plant "'and opened it in astonishment. "'Surely the needles felt softer, "'and he raised it to his nose. "'Smelled stronger, too. "'He looked about the darkened cavern, "'wishing for light, "'stroking the needles as you'd stroke a cat. Are you coming back to life? We'll see. Tomorrow, he whispered, and slid the plant back beneath his pillow. Next morning, we confound the seedling as dry and dead as ever. Oh, you just imagined that it perked up, he told himself. Plants can't live without soil or light or water and dead plants can't come back to life the odd thing was we can still felt those needles quick and soft against his palm the next afternoon the last of Wiccan's stay in bed. Istrid came in, looking sorely troubled. You're going to be watched. Ezia is furious that you have not been punished. Wiccan sat up, wincing. Punished? For what? Bomac may not wrestle with your Hyksad any more. that was not my doing. Bomac got himself thrown out. I know, but Ezia is not thinking right. And he, the king's advisor, Wiccan murmured. At first, Istrid went on, Ezia thought Bomac's expulsion a good thing. He thought that, if he handled it right, Moroc would let Bomac wrestle with my brother. He put a good case for Bomac, and against you. Through you, he says, both Ismorok and Bomac have had to give up the wrestling with your Hicksab. But my father spoke with Ethak, and heard the rights and wrongs of it. He told Edseer that you were not responsible for Bomac's expulsion. He's angry with Bomac. "'and his memory is long. "'So?' "'We can spread his arms. "'If Beaumac's out of favour now, "'he'll still become the king's adviser one day. "'Don't bet on it. "'I know my father.' "'Istrid stood, glancing behind her. "'He hasn't come right out and said so yet, "'but he'll never trust Bomack now.' Edsia knows it, and you get the blame. That's not fair! Not fair, and not right thinking. Edsia is a wise man, but a foolish father. He worships Bomac, and that's why Bomac's such a brat. Edsia's after you, and won't let up until you're right out of my father's favour. Meaning, he wants, they want, Edsia and Bomak, to catch you out in something they can take to Moloch. Istrid glanced again towards the dormitory entrance. They want you locked away for good. Be careful. As I said, they'll be watching you. For a moment, She stayed looking down on him. Then, without warning, she bent, kissed his cheek, and hurried out. Wickham stared towards the cabin entrance, rubbing his jaw. A good friend, to warn him like that. But the unfairness of it all! Bowmack was the villain here. He, Wiccan, was the victim. The warmth and sparkle of her visit faded, leaving a sense of dread. Since that god had come and marched him off to a barrack cell, it hadn't really left him. If Edseer and Bomack had it in for him, he'd have to mind his step. When Wiccan went back to class the next morning, he kept his head down and worked as diligently as he could. In fact, he'd missed so much that he was allowed to stay late to make up for lost time. He was almost caught up, he told himself as he lay down to sleep that night. A few more days and he'd be on a par with the others. A few days later, Dirk led the Hicksad down to the planting cabins. There were three caves, he told them, vast lofty spaces, one after another, and all filled with plants. Down went the boys, descending flight on flight of stairs, until, some way below the barracks level, and through a maze of passages, they entered the first cavern, its arching roof hung with stalactites, patched with lichens grey and green, yellow and bubble. That was on account of there being so much light and moist air, Tannic whispered. Diddick had explained that while Wiccan had lain injured on his cot. Wiccan didn't answer. He couldn't trust himself to speak. Well before the Hicksad reached the caverns, the smell of living green had wafted out towards him, moist, sweet, pungent. He never smelled the like, and yet somehow he knew it. When he turned the corner and reached the entrance, he stopped. Gazing around in wonder. All those leaves and fronds and branches, they filled the space from floor to roof. We can moved through each cavern in turn, oblivious of the other boys, leaving the hicksad. Behind at the rear of the third cavern were the trays of sickly pine seedlings from which Dirick had drawn the specimens to show the class. Wickham put his hand in his pocket, withdrew the dead seedling, stuck it in the gnome tray with the rest and patted it into place. Straightening, he brushed his hands clear of loam, then ran his fingers lightly over the seedling's needles, remembering how soft they'd felt in the dark of the dormitory, and how the next day they had been as dry and prickly as ever. "'I wish you were alive,' he whispered and out in the big bright light where you belong. He turned away and made for the cavern entrance. The plot keeper was just coming in, with the rest of the Hicksad in tow. When he reached the pine seedling tray, he stopped in astonishment. Turning to Wiccan, he called out, Hey, you were just in here. Did you notice these pines at all? Wicken looked back. The sickly springs were standing straight, their needles soft and green, their tips proud with promise of new spring growth. They were in no great shape this morning, Lillic said, coming in behind. The plant keeper scratched his head. Remember I said we'd have to replace them? I can't understand it. Wickham gazed down upon the seedlings. He couldn't either. But he knew one thing for sure. He would be coming back.